and are we going to do this the right way and finish as a family? And in this day and age where it seems like everything is tearing at the seams of team football, the teams that can maintain culture and family will be the teams that succeed. Yogi Berra once said in one of his popular yogiisms, the game is 90% mental, the other half is physical. That's the theme here today as we kick off this week. For us in Ohio, it's week 10, a week full of rivalry games with conference championships, playoff spots, and home games on the line. Other states like Iowa are into the playoffs. The D3 Alaska State Champion has been crowned, so congrats to head coach Jake Brand and the Kenai Central Cardinals. And best of luck to two past guests who will face each other in the D2 bracket, Soldotna High School head coach Galen Brantley and Lathrop High School head coach Luke Baelish. No matter where you are in this season, as it progresses into the late stages, you face unique challenges in maintaining your performance levels and staying motivated. Of course, as a coach, you play a pivotal role in ensuring that your players remain sharp and focused on achieving their goals. We hear from three coaches and delve into their strategies that can help you navigate the late season successfully and keep your teams performing at their best. We are joined by Utah Defensive Coordinator Morgan Scally, Lubbock Christian Academy Head Coach Chris Softley, and Avon High School Head Coach Mike Elder. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. First, Coach Scally shares how they prevent complacency and distractions by reminding their players that every game is a one-week season. It's, It's crucial to instill the belief that each game carries equal weight in determining your team's success. By reflecting on past experiences, such as unexpected losses or missed opportunities, he highlights the importance of focusing solely on the upcoming game. The later weeks, more than anything, people start looking into rankings and 
and where are we going to be? And are we going to be in the playoffs if we do this, if we do that? Well, the game has to be played. And so I, the, the biggest thing is, again, guys, it's a one-week season. That's it. You know, last year we weren't even supposed to be in the championship game. We ended up losing to Oregon on the road, and we needed three or four things to happen for us to be in the championship game. And after that Oregon game, you know, we came in and we sat down. We said, hey, guys, it is what it is. All we can do is control what we can control. And I remember either the first or second year, I think it was the first or second, for maybe the first year in the Pac-12, I, don't, I can't remember, first thing, 11, 12, something like that, where we needed three or four things to happen. We needed to take care of our business. Well, we didn't take care of our business. We ended up losing. I want to say to Colorado and the things that we needed to have happen in order for us to be in the championship game all happened except for us winning. So I said, let's not let that happen again. Let's hey, take care of our business, control what we can control and let the chips fall where they may. And sh sure enough, you know, we beat Colorado, Oregon goes down to Oregon state. Can't remember. I think uh, Washington, I can't remember the things that needed to happen, but they all happened. And, and sure enough, we're sitting there in the championship game. And it just goes to show you it's a one game season and you look beyond that and, and it's just trouble. And I think the harder thing is, is keeping your guys motivated when you're not in that championship picture, when you're not in the playoff hunt, when you're, that's even harder. And that's when you really got to delve into culture and who are we who are you as a football player what did you sign up for and are we going to do this the right way and finish as a family and in this day and age where it seems like everything is tearing at the seams of team football the teams that can maintain culture and family will be the teams that succeed it's really about getting those guys to understand those behaviors need to happen for us to be successful for us to be true to who we are regardless of what the scoreboard says or regardless of what the win-loss column is, that whether it's things didn't go right and you're finishing up the season out of it or things are going exactly like you, you want it to, the behaviors between those two situations should look exactly alike if you're really establishing the culture. Amen. You got it. Next, defending TAPS 3A state champion, head coach Chris Softley emphasizes the need to understand the type of team you have and tailor your approach accordingly. For mature and highly competitive teams, the focus is on equipping them with the necessary tools for success. For younger teams or teams facing adversity, he takes on a cheerleader role using psychology and positive reinforcement to motivate and inspire them. I think the first key is you have to know what type of team you have right? You need to know, is this a mature team? Are they hungry? Are they highly competitive? Because if they're that type of team, then, then I don't need to do as much at bringing juice and firing them up on the Monday morning meeting of playoffs. Like they're going to bring it. And my job instead is, is to make sure I'm equipping them with all the tools to be successful. And whereas if it's a young team, if we've had some adversity throughout the year, maybe there's some injuries, maybe we're limping into the playoffs. Well, then, then you've got to put on your cheerleader hat, right? A little bit of psychology and a little bit of cheerleader, and you've got to find a way. Put some videos up on there. Make sure that you're speaking to them in affirming ways. Help them to understand the gravity of the situation, right? It is win or go home, 
But if it's an immature team, you're not going to labor that too much, or at least you're going to frame it in a way that allows them to see the possibilities of, you know, kind of an optimist approach. And so the first step is, is understanding your team. And then I, I hit on some specifics there, but really the second step is you've got to do whatever you've got to do to make sure that you're equipped for Friday night. And so if you're the underdog, if you're the heavy favorite, you're going to take that wisdom and apply it to the situation at hand. If we're a heavy favorite, maybe we back off a little bit on the physical to make sure we're healthy, but then we really ramp up the expectations of no letdown and, and, and talking in the positive about the opportunity we have to go out and send a message in this new fresh start of a second season. So all that wrapped into uh, really having a discerning feel for your team and what they're capable of doing. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. We finished with the head coach of Avon High School in Ohio, Mike Elder. He discusses the importance of keeping the team physically sharp and developing depth. He suggests shortening practices as the season progresses to keep your players fresh and avoid mental and physical fatigue. And he also mentions a strategy of managing players' playing time and workload, gradually increasing their involvement as the season progresses. This might be an unpopular answer, but for me, it's you need to shorten practice. I think that, you know, in high school football now in the state of Ohio, it, to win a state championship, and we've been blessed to make deep runs in the playoffs, it's a 16-week season. And um, I remember going up to the University of Toledo to talk RPOs with Matt Campbell when he was the head coach at Toledo, and he told me that his he, he's a grinder, you know, that's what he does, and he said his team would struggle late season of playing their best football week seven, eight, nine, ten into the bowl season. And, you know, what do you do? And I remember sharing this with him, and he just – it was a novel idea. So I think some coaches, you know, as you get closer to the playoffs, and for us, we play our rivals week 10 this year. The last thing people want to do is shorten practices, but I believe wholeheartedly that less is more. I mean, when you get later in the season, we're never over two hours for practice. I think that you need to be efficient with your practice. We don't condition at the end of practice because if you're doing it right, the conditioning's built into it. But by the end of the season, we are an hour and 45 minutes top, sometimes an hour and 40 minutes, and we get our kids off the field. So that, that was one thing that I feel like helps our kids fresh. And the periods you cut out are that best on best, you know, that we, we've done earlier in the year. And obviously some of the, the daily drills that you've been doing since, you know, August to early August. But to me, uh, I think the kids appreciate it. And for the most part, I feel like we've always been playing our best football. Not to mention you got guys with bumps and bruises. They're sore. And you really need to just focus on getting them to the, to the starting line at the game as fresh as possible. Having watched your teams over the years, I know that 
you guys do have some really talented players and they will play two ways at times, but I've also noticed that you try to limit that as much as possible. I've always had to feel like early on, maybe those guys aren't playing as much two-way and then as the season goes on, it, it seems like those guys are fresh enough at the end of the year to play a little bit more. Obviously, when the game's on the line, you want your best guys in. Is, have I perceived that right? Is that something you're, you guys are doing intentionally? It's so funny uh, you asked that because we just had the conversation today about our opening week uh, against Brunswick. And we, you know, we're having a staff meeting tomorrow to talk personnel because our top two nose guards that our defense would tell you are also our starting offensive linemen. And I said, well, you better find another nose guard or we got to find another lineman, whatever it is, because we say that early on in the season, you can be a 100% player. No more, no less. Meaning if you're not, if you're going to play some defense and you're an offensive lineman, then we got to give you a few breaks on the offensive line. Uh, we always say, you know, if you play full-time offense, that's 100%. You pay 50% offense, then you have 50% to give, you know, on the other side of the ball. By week three, four, five, once you're in the game shape and the weather starts cooling down, we have guys that are 125 guys. And then the most we've ever had, you know, in our school is some special kids who are 150 guys. But we don't have anybody who doesn't walk off the field, not when you're a tempo offense and there's so many plays in the game. But you're absolutely right. And we have to do that because your best players, you're building depth early on by not using people more than 100%. But when the chips are down and you're trying to win championships and you're trying to do things, you got guys now that can give you more, and, and we have to take that from them. Successfully navigating the late season can be a challenging task. By implementing these strategies shared today, you can help your players stay sharp, motivated, and resilient. Emphasizing the one-week season mentality keeps your players focused and on the immediate game at hand, preventing distractions and complacency. Cultivating team culture and identity reinforces the importance of unity and finishing the season strong and finally tailoring practice sessions and managing player fatigue ensures that your players remain physically fresh and able to perform at their best when it matters most. We will be here for the remainder of the season as you continue a playoff run as well as sharing ideas to get the most out of season wrap-up. Be sure to sign up at coachingcoordinator.com for a weekly tip sheet that shares the best ideas from each week.